Welcome to another episode of Consider This. Uh, we are in the studio again. It's been a couple of weeks, actually, since we've done anything. But with uh, a lot of the current events that have been happening, we felt it was appropriate. Um, and I'm sure we're going to come back on this topic in a number of different ways, because no matter what we seem to say, uh, every single one of us, I think, just wrestles with the brokenness of this world. And so we're really uh, trying to look at um, not just the, the difficulty of the world around us, but how the God that we believe in described as loving and powerful and actively involved in our lives. How do difficult things happen? So particularly, uh, we're going to be um, just con- considering some of the theological implications of particularly the uh, the devastation that's been happening recently with the hurricanes in uh, in Texas and in Florida. And, and recently, just as last night, 100% of Puerto Rico is actually without power. And they, I mean, they're talking about they don't know how long it's going to take. And we need to remember to pray for them. Um, as especially as uh, as Justin kind of led us on Sunday, really praying for the church to rise up and make a difference there. And so for those uh, Christians in Puerto Rico, um, we need to remember to kind of lift them up in prayer. This isn't just some detached theological conversation that we're having, but real lives being affected, real lives being challenged, real truths about God um, that people are wrestling with. So we need to be praying for the strength of the church, for the church to rise up and be the hands and feet of Jesus, and then also to to teach the truth about God. So I brought in two of uh, two of our regulars here. Uh, I've got Drew Moss working um, in our college ministry and then Ryan Vincent who works with our adult discipleship. Uh, I'm Jim and uh, I'm also one of the teaching pastors here at Sunnybrook. And uh, so I guess we're going to beginning just looking at the question of um, did God cause the recent tornadoes, uh, sorry, tor- hurricanes mm-hmm. that have happened in, uh, as I said, in, in, in the parts of the Atlantic Ocean, and then kind of striking the coast. And a, a bigger question, guys, is that um, if if you say no, then who did cause them? So I think that's one of the questions. You know, where did they come from? And uh, as much as we might feel comforted with like a natural development of these are naturalistic causes that happen in this world, um, then I guess we're going to kind of move. Okay, so maybe you know, not knowing exactly how God brings them about. So where is their origin then, yeah. or who is sovereign over them? Kind of leads into those questions. So, Drew, do you want to sure begin unpacking sure, this? Yeah. Um, so my, I will, I will kind of stay, I guess, up front. Like my my tendency, where I, where I do feel comfortable, is I I want to just chalk these things up to I wouldn't say natural causes, but the the causes of living in a sinful and broken world that. Um, these are these are some of the natural consequences of sin and brokenness in this world that that death and destruction take place, and and at first at least I feel like I want to rest easier if I can just say that God didn't cause these things. It happened. He hates that this stuff is happening, but it's part of this sinful world. Um, but you know, one of the biggest I was kind of reading through and thinking on this. One of the biggest problems with that is the Bible, um, <laughs> in in a lot of ways that there sure. there's just so many places where uh, the the Bible talks about God being in control of weather. You know what I mean? That he that he brings these he he um, causes storms to start and causes storms to cease. And he you know what I mean? All these yeah. places. And so yeah. I actually I wrote down a few. One is one of the big ones was Amos three six. Um, is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? Um, which <laughs> and there's is, an implied yes. In yeah, that. the implied yeah. yes is, yeah, if, if disaster comes to a city, God 
did it. You know for what I mean? A reason. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Mark four, where Jesus stands up and calms the storm, and and that's told in Mark and the other Gospels as a way of showing the deity of Jesus. Here, here's one of the ways you know that Jesus is God. He can control weather. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is one yeah. of the things yeah. there. And uh, Jeremiah ten thirteen, uh, when he, that's God, utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Um, so there are all these passages that, that talk about God having control over the weather, being able to do those things. Now, we can get into it, and I want to actually hear kind of some of your thoughts. You, there's still a question of um, how meticulous is God's mm-hmm. sovereignty in sure. these? How, how much, so the spectrum is um, what we would call kind of a deism where God just kind of set up the world and then he steps away yep. and everything just happens and he just watches and lets it happen. And that's kind of the way it is. So God started it, but he stepped away and let it do its thing. Um, or the other side is meticulous sovereignty where God is directing every weather pattern and every raindrop and every direction the wind blows and pushing storms directly into cities and all those things. Uh, those are kind of the two ends and we have to work out if it's one or the other or if it's somewhere in between, you know? And so I'd love to hear kind of some of your thoughts on that, Ryan. Can I, can I add two more interesting texts that you didn't describe there? Yeah. And one of them is you see some natural destructions coming in the book of Revelation for specific reasons in chapters, particularly 9 and 16. And so you can go there, and all these terrible things, hailstorms, earthquakes, they happen for a reason in both of those yeah. two chapters. And so um, they seem to be caused by God. And then the other one, obviously, is, is Genesis 6 <laughs> yeah. with the great flood, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that, didn't, that wasn't an accident. It wasn't like God knew there would be a tremendous amount of rain and just had to capitalize on it. Yes. You know, uh, he's not trying to work around it. Man, there's going to be this terrible flood, and I don't want everybody to die, so I'm going to kind of rescue everybody through Noah and kind of give them a heads up. That's not the way the Bible yeah. describes it. God sends the rain. So, yeah, those are two other texts that I think mm-hmm. are kind of interesting to, to deal with. Yeah. Ryan, thoughts? Um, I guess I, I always end up being the guy with the cautionary statements or the, <laughs> you know, here's what I'm concerned about. But in this, and, and, and this has probably been on my mind more recently, um, not necessarily as it relates to the, the hurricanes and the devastation in Texas and in Florida, um, but in, in, uh, as I've been preparing to teach on a class to the Trinity, I've become very aware of how critical it is to um, to answer questions with the whole of my doctrinal beliefs in mind behind it. Hmm. And so I could come to this question and say something along the lines of, um, yes, God did cause these hurricanes, or no, he's just allowing natural phenomena to kind of do its thing, and, and that's a more of a deistic approach. But really what I think is... is um, the task of a theological approach to this is to lay out any um, revelation that we have about God that could be pertinent whatsoever and, and start to ask the question, um, which of these have very clear and explicit answers? So one, God is sovereign. Two, it seems that the Bible attests to the idea that that sovereignty includes control over weather, whether it is, you know, just allowing rains to fall on the just and the unjust yeah, in some sort of providential yeah, way, yeah. or whether it comes in a more of a judgment type way. This, like the weather is seldom attributed. I can't think of an option where it's attributed to 
some other agent. So the only biblical attestation I have to weather and its causation is to the Lord and to the incarnate Christ, who is the Lord. And then I started going through, but yes, uh, it also says that he's very good and he's very just and he's very righteous. And what he does is by definition, right and proper and, and he's loving and yet uh, he's dangerous too. You know, you have, I, I love the book of Exodus because you have encounters between mankind and, and God where it's just, there's a price to pay whenever you draw near to the infinite, to the transcendent. Mm. And so I'm trying to keep all of these things in mind as I answer the question. And, and what I get to is there are good, hard, solid answers on most of these. And then when I get to, so what happened in Houston? I, I, I all of a sudden have to appeal when, to a finite ignorance. Yeah, when you get to a specific situation, yes. this specific storm in this specific place. Yes, yeah. I, have to, I have to all of a sudden, and I know that that can frustrate many of our people, but there's a point where I am out of good answers. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have a bunch of truths about God and characteristics that, that hold true, e even when Houston takes place, even when Irma goes through Florida. Um, I, am, I am not privy to the mind of God. And in a lot of these areas, I, did he cause it? Um, yes. If, you're, if your um, conclusion is he's therefore mean and unjust, you've just made an unjustified jump. But did he like? Is he the agent behind the the these these incredible storms? I don't see any reason I can say no. I just can't find that reason. You know, and we're we're going to be dealing with the idea, I guess, in terms of like, so then why why does God allow? Right, this is our mm -hmm. next question I want to deal with. But mm -hmm. so why does God allow these bad things to happen? Why are there these difficult things? Particularly, we love to. Here's the category that we use. Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. um, by, by which the opposite could also be said, why do good things happen to bad people? So mm -hmm. we're really dealing with God's interaction with us. And you use the term deism, which is where God is a far more uh, wind up the clock and then let it tick away. And he's more of a Spe passive spectator. Yeah, more of a spectator, um, uh, which the Bible really doesn't seem to describe. Um, and then we're, we're dealing with a particular time uh, in, in, say, in the last, say, four or 500 years where our understanding of the particulars in terms of weather and uh, geological phenomenon that happened in our in our world, we can give what can seem like a naturalistic explanation to it. Well, the uh, the cold weather weather patterns and the warm weather patterns over the oceans begin to circulate, and as the highs hit the lows, right? And so we yeah. can, we can describe that, and then we think we've answered the question. But then asking, so how is God involved with that? Yeah. And so I want I want you to answer that question a little bit, but um, also realizing that, as you just described, where we get into trouble is when we begin to read intent. Yes. Did God did God cause this? Yeah. Yes. Oh wow! And then we just almost assume. So he was punishing. Yes. Yeah. So we assume yeah. an intent. So talk about that. Talk yeah. about like. Yeah. Um, so the, why do, why, well, you know, why would God allow this to happen to mm -hmm. the wonderful godly city of Houston or the wonderful godly city of, or state of Florida? Uh, why would that happen? You know, and obviously I'm saying that both tongue in cheek, but yet I know a yeah. lot of good, strong believers yeah. that live in both of those places. There's a lot of great churches. Yeah. Um, so then why, why didn't God spare everyone for the yeah. sake of the the elect that live there you know and so yeah thought. these are the, so these are the questions that we you know when it comes to issues of suffering and, and natural disasters like the bible doesn't let us go of of two things the first is that god is sovereign the bible always 
you know, continues to talk about that. And I, I still wrestle with whether I say God causes a hurricane directly or he allows it. But even if I just say he allows it, it means I believe he could have stopped it yeah. if he wanted to, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I believe he had the power to stop it if he wanted. So that God is sovereign. But at the same time, the Bible doesn't, won't let us um, let go of the idea that God is good. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so we have yeah. to hold those two things <laughs> together, that God is sovereign and in control, but also that God is good. And and a number of people, when they attack the idea of um, God or faith or Christianity, whatever you want to say, this is one of the main areas because it doesn't seem when you watch something like her, uh, Harvey or Katrina or whatever, a tornado come through Joplin, sure, sure. it doesn't seem like you can, like both of those things can be true at the same time, that God if God was in control and he was good, he wouldn't have let it happen. So he must be either not trustworthy or good, or he must be not fully in control. And and that's why that's that's the question. Why does God allow this stuff to happen? We have to try and hold to both. And and um I, I do I do believe that he's good. I do believe that um he has um re, I think of the end of Romans eleven where where yeah. Paul does yep. say at the end, by the way, like, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom of God, how unsearchable <laughs> his judgments and his paths beyond tracing and, and who, who can know the mind of God and who can be his counselor. And so um, it's tough to be able to say exactly why and to be able to say this is what it is. But we, we have to believe, I heard Tim Keller say one of the things, you know, um, when you have a God who is big enough to be mad at for this, big enough to be in control of it, and therefore you're mad that he didn't stop it, you have to also remember that you have a God who is big enough to have reasons you might not understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, a, I, that, that, that he's, if he's transcendent enough to stop it, he's transcendent enough to have a good reason that you can never get your mind around this side of eternity. Yeah. Um, you know? And, and so those are, those are good things to think through. But I, I want to draw that, you know, I want to, I don't know if you're going to get yeah. to this, Ryan, too, but I, you know, I want to make sure we come back and we deal with this. Yes, yeah. Um, Eternity is not just something to help explain it, but eternity may actually be like the rectifying agent of a lot of these difficult things. So like the, you're saying on the other side of this history, this life, yes, that things, it's not just something, oh, we'll find out, but it actually will be the redemption yes. of. Where they, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about that. I mean, I, cause I think you're right. I think, but sometimes when we think about eternity is God will tell us and yeah. we go, Oh, yeah. okay. Now I understand. Yes. Like, like the problem was a matter of understanding Yes, as a problem of, no, you just, you're, you're seeing, and I'll, here's, I'll use in this example. You're watching me cut into, and I think about a friend of mine uh, recently that had like open heart surgery to watch a surgeon cut into a person's heart um, to stop their heart. And uh-huh. I remember my good friends, Joe and Shano, it's their son that was under the under the knife. And I remember them, them coming out and them letting him know, hey, we stopped Jesse's heart. Mm-hmm. Like he's on a machine right now. Mm-hmm. And I could just see it in Shauna's face, like what that meant. To try to explain that to somebody, right? To try to explain, hey, by the way, there's a guy over there and he just stopped a guy's heart. <laughs> yeah. And you just, you just stop it there, right? You yeah. Just, you kind of look at that and going, okay, but what was the plan? Like, what's yeah, the. Yeah, you can't do that. That's, not, that's mean. That is so mean. And yeah. did he cut open his chest too? Yeah. And so we're literally looking at the life that Jesse's going to have on the other side of the valve replacement. Uh huh. And I really think that that is the other side of eternity that we don't talk enough about. Mm-hmm. That instead of it just being God going, well, let me sit down. You're not very intelligent. And let me explain this to you, which compared to him, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also, and then watch me. I mean, this, it's the beauty of the redemptive part of all of mm-hmm. this. 
that we, again, don't understand and we don't see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, maybe I've talked about it already no, too much, good. but the but the eternity piece is not just explanatory. It truly then brings about its redemption. Yeah. And I, I have a, I have a, a good quote that was shared with me by uh, Josh Evans. He, he recently moved to Ohio, but used to be in fellowship here with us. And he, um, he shared a quote by a, uh, a former minister at Notre Dame in Paris who okay. said this. And, and, I, and when I read this, I thought, oh, that is so good for what we're about to talk about. So this pastor said, uh, if God could concede me his omnipotence for 24 hours, you would see many changes I would make in the world. But if he gave me his wisdom too, I would leave things as they are. And it's a, be- it's a beautiful quote that says that we... That is good. We look at God and we lust for his power, but we're not asking for his insights as to why he wields it the way he Man, does. That's awesome. But that's, you know, and again, here's what's yeah. interesting, right? That explains Bruce Almighty. Yeah. yeah. Can I just throw a <laughs> yes. culture reference in there, you know? I mean, that totally explains Bruce Almighty. Yeah. When he had it for a few moments, right? If I only yeah. had this for 24 hours, if I only had this for a week, here's what I would do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what does he learn at the end of the movie? Whoops. Yeah. And that's, by the way, that's a Morgan Freeman version of Yahweh, right? I mean, it's yeah. still incredibly incomplete. Yeah. But that is that that is a great quote. Yeah. That is that a great is quote. Um, uh, let me give you guys, you know, while I just said we can't know the mind of God and how unsearchable his judgments, let me take a shot. Um, uh, I, I do. So one of the things I, I think it's it's always tell that ryan to be the guy doing this <laughs> i'll be honest with you i thought you'd be more afraid but no drew is now i'm stepping going in. for it i'm going wait, for it wait a second here. i'm gonna try is, to prove paul wrong uh, <laughs> is drew now stepping in where ryan fears to tread <laughs> <laughs> collectively this can't go well yeah this is a this is another form of catastrophe that is taking place <laughs> Okay, go, 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 go. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, even when you just remove spirituality completely, when you even remove eternity, it's mm. interesting to even look at, um, you know, it seems like all people have been able to talk about all year long is the divisiveness in America and how much everyone's at each other's throats and how much there's just violent stuff. And, uh, you know, it, the uh, as even though there's so many bad things about the hurricane, was it not nice to not see headlines about people hating each other for a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks, right? You know what I mean? Like, no, instead, but I mean, it's, but what you're saying is not allowed to be said. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Right? I mean, let's you, be honest. Yes, but, but what I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm saying it's simply there, but to go a little deeper, no, what, it, what it begins, what disaster begins to do is point us to what is more important. Mm. What disaster does is reminds us of things that like human life and sacrificing myself to help somebody in need to rescue somebody is more important than trying to win an argument over po- politics or whatever else, you know. And so that's a, there's a reminder in that. I remember my, my, my cousin tweeted out a thing, man, is, has the North Korean problem just become less dangerous or is the media just less um, yeah. hyping it up now that the hurricanes have come, yeah. right? And the yeah. answer is because yeah. we stopped talking about North Korea for a while. And it's, it's not that they were crazy dangerous before and they're not anymore. It's probably that they were somewhere in between what, sure. what they, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the hurricane has turned our attention to something else. And so just it, it, what, what natural disaster has a way of doing is reminding us of what is um, important. I think uh, I read something from Max Lucado talking about after Katrina that, that nobody in the middle of that disaster is running around going like, my power drill, where's my power drill? Or, <laughs> or my TV's underwater, right? Like people mourn not over power drills they mourn over people yeah and they rejoice not over 
saving their TV, but yep. over saving people. It has a way of revealing what is true. It also has a way of exposing what has always been true. We just don't see it most of the time, and that is that we're not in control. And, and I think of James, James 4, where James says, hey, don't sit there and saying, yeah. like, smugly and arrogantly, tomorrow we'll go do this, and the next day we'll do this, and then we'll do these business plans. He says, you're, you're a vapor. You're, you're grass, and you don't know um, what's coming next. What you ought to say, James says, is if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. And, and hurricane or no hurricane, that's always true of our lives. We don't know how long we have. We're not in control of those, but natural disasters have a way of reminding us of that. You know, yeah. Um, so uh, I'll, th- I'll throw one more real quick that I think of Luke 13, where Jesus talks about the Tower of Siloam yeah. falling down, yeah. Yeah. and and the natural reaction was for people to there was this this tower that fell down on I think 18 people and killed them, and the natural to, uh, reaction of the people at that time was to think, well, they must have been worse, they must have been more sinful, um, and so God caused a tower to fall on them as punishment. And what Jesus says is, don't think that they were any um, more unrighteous than you. Yep. Um, but he says, unless you repent, you too will, <laughs> will face judgment. And so what he's saying, we like to go like, man, how could God bring this on innocent people? And what Jesus turns around and says, I don't know, don't, don't just assume they're innocent. And by the way, don't assume you are either. Yeah. And, and what, what does that, what, disasters like hurricanes or tornadoes are reminders of is that one day all of us will fa- will come all of us will die at some point and all of us will face judgment at some point and and don't be quick to go it, it was easier in new orleans and katrina to go oh it's because of the sinfulness of that city oh yeah that's why Marty that's Girl. why they're yeah oh, yeah yeah and that's yeah. why he did that it's we've, we've struggled a little bit with houston floor but it was easy for us to categorize and sure. says they're simple and jesus says no 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 this is actually a great time for you to look back at yourself yep and and ask about your own sinful condition before God and those things. And so there's a great, like disasters, as tragic as they can be, have a great way of revealing what is actually what has always been true, even if we didn't see it. You yeah. Know? So, so and think so think about the what you're saying is think about the multi-dimensional aspects of of what the catastrophe is. Don't look for a one way to explain it. They were bad, and yeah. then also like introspectively begin to say, wow, like. But by the grace of God, not I could have been in that hurricane as well. But the truth is, man, I need to be reminded of those things. I need to be reminded that my power drill, right, yeah. is, is not as valuable as the yes. lives of those people around me. So it does. It sobers us. Mm-hmm. It totally gives us a sober, it has a sobering effect. Yeah. It shows us the brevity of life, the, the uh, lack of control that we have, you know, as we're watching on the screen where we believe these hurricanes are going to go and. Yeah. Wow. Ryan, anything you want to add to that before we jump to our next question? Um, one of the things that I think we can we can learn from, especially weather phenomena, again, going just back to kind of how the Bible talks about it, is if it's these Houston's not being unfairly judged for something distinctive to Houston, um, but that, you know, we all are equally worthy of such judgment i i do think that these these kind of disasters do give us an insight into the majesty and the power of the god who will one day meet so it's a little bit maybe taking it that next step but beyond what you guys just said one of my favorite psalms has always been psalm 93 and it connects like the this destructive weather to just how beautiful and holy the lord is hmm. and so it um it says, the, it's a short one, so I'll just read all five verses. The Lord reigns. 
he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he is put on strength at his, as his belt. Yes, the wor- as the world is established, it shall never be moved. And it says, your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Yahweh. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the, uh, Yahweh on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Yahweh, forevermore. And, and it's that psalm, and there are other psalms like it clustered there in the 90s, um, psalm, in the Psalm 90s. That, that just talk about whenever you see um, violent, uncontrollable things going on in this world, that actually might be a picture of just how majestic and incredible, and, and this isn't to make him sound bad, but how dangerous God actually is. And so, you know, you joke that you'd like to one day, you've, you've seen tornadoes and you've been through terrible rainstorms, but you'd like to one day just see what it's like to be in a hurricane. Yeah, right? I, I really do, actually. I'd love to it, have a friend in one of those places and kind of weather it with them and then be there for them afterwards. You know, like I don't want to just observe. I, I, yeah, I mean, I am. I'm very interested. And in it's that. not because you're an amateur meteorologist. It's probably because you, you, have a, you actually have a deep theological picture of the agency behind that. And there's just, again, it can end in destruction, but then there's something ex- that oh. experiencing that kind of power, power. Yeah. is is terrifying in a good way at times and then at other times it's just incredibly terrifying um one of the one other thing that i i, I kind of think through whenever the question is how could god allow um it, it seems strange to me that he's the first one that will blame when god has in his providence provided all the revelation necessary for us to know that living in Houston is dangerous. <laughs> to live near the Gulf Coast at sea level is dangerous. Just like living in Stillwater is dang- I, for tornadoes. Yes, is dangerous. dangerous. One day, yeah. one day, there's going to be a giant scar, possibly ripped through Stillwater, something similar to what Joplin experienced. Yeah, and I and I can say, wow, what do we do now? Or wow, I wasn't expecting that, but I can't, I don't have the right to say I never imagined that could happen. Sure. And, and, uh, you know, if I could have like a private conversation with God, why did you let this happen? He says, why did you think for a second that it wouldn't? Yeah. Every day that I didn't allow it was my mercy on sure, you. Sure. Count up the days where Joplin hasn't had a tornado. Count up the days where they did. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I love the ability to respond properly with both, especially in the fact that you both have said we don't have all the information. Mm-hmm. So going back to some of the worst things that I've heard people say about 9-11, and the worst things I heard people say about the Haitian earthquake, particularly, and, I'm, and maybe there have been some theologically ir- irresponsible things being said. And it's, I, don't think it's, I don't think what you guys have said is theologically irresponsible. You said, you tell me who's in control. You tell me who had the power to stop. And the answer to that is God at some level. Mm-hmm. But then it's attributing to God. This is where I, hopefully we haven't stepped into Job and his friends, mm-hmm. right? Where Job and his friends got it wrong was they began to to read into mm-hmm. like what was really happening. Mm-hmm. Like they all agreed at some level this is God working, right? And it really was. It was God allowing Satan to work. And so, you know, if they had just said, yeah, I don't understand what's going on. God ultimately is in control. He seems to be allowing Satan to do some things, but I don't know why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit talking now. Mm-hmm. Chapter one ends close, right? 
Yeah. They keep going on. Hey, let me tell you why they're doing it. Job, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening. And then God appears out of the whirlwind, by the way. He comes in a storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, brace yourself like a man. I will answer, or I will question you and you will answer me. Where were you and I? And then, so the postulating um, uh, mindlessness. Yeah was them reading in beyond their ability to understand. Like, you're you're speaking above your pay grade. Yeah, it, it seems almost, as I think about it, and there may be a time I'm not thinking of, but unless somebody receives a direct word yes. from the Lord, every time in Scripture somebody tries to chalk up a disaster or a, a, a dude being born blind. Or a blessing. Or, or yeah, <laughs> when they try and say, this is why, yeah. like over and over again, God or Jesus, his son, steps in and says, this is why you're wrong. Yeah. You know, unless they receive it, unless it's a prophet who gives yep. a direct word. Yep. When, when I think, you know, when the disciples see the guy born blind, it's like, well, it must have been either his sin or the sin of his parents. And Jesus goes, you don't know. You don't even, you're missing something here. <laughs> and, and when Job's friends go, it's because of this or this. Or when Job says, uh, when Job says, God doesn't have a good reason because I've been good. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they, yeah. Uh, yeah. in all of those cases, people are wrong. In the all of Job's so, friends were wrong. Yeah. And Job was wrong. Yeah, right? yeah. So God put up with Job's wrongness yeah. more than his friend's wrongness. Yeah. But, I mean, Job himself said that. I've spoken without without thinking. I've spoken yeah. without having the, uh, the right information. And what's fascinating about that end of Job is, like, God never explains why. Yeah. You know? Like, we get a hint into it in chapters one. Yeah. Chapter one and then the, I think chapter two as well. But in terms of, like, its its conclusion and how it all works out, it's like, yeah, like, they didn't know. Yeah. God didn't feel like he should have to tell them. No. And I think it's just good for us to remember that. It's it's when we blame um, uh, the the destruction on New York City uh, because of uh, the lifestyle of some select individuals, or we blame the Haitian earthquake on um, uh, a, a, a cultural, <laughs> yeah, a, a cultural and habitual sin that exists. I'm going, sure. I mean, if you want to say, I wonder, I'm, I'm, we can all wonder mm-hmm. why it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got other, other wonderings. I wonder why God has never really struck in me with any of those problems. Cause I've got some serious issues and I wonder why God doesn't, you know, we, we attribute, even as I think about how we look at this great country that God has blessed us with, we think we, we somehow think that that was us. Right, like, look how much God must love America because of all. And notice how then our theology gets into trouble. So, God has blessed us with all of these resources, and then we say, and I wonder why He gave most of these Muslim nations, and then Venezuela, another very godly country, um, all this rich oil deposits. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because I got in a little bit of trouble on that one because I I kept believing yeah. that resources were a sign of God's affirmation of their yeah, character yeah. and intent, and then we don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing happens when catastrophes. We don't we don't know what to do. We don't understand why it's happening to these places. And um, I, I think it's because you're chasing for something where only revelation, divine revelation, <laughs> can give us. And it's really good to to note the very stark difference between blessings or curses and God's affirmation or disapproval. We we can recognize okay, whatever whatever you believe about the use of fossil fuels. In this world currently, mineral deposits are, in some sense, a, a a good blessing, particularly in terms of economy. But that doesn't mean that that is God, you know, condoning and 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 bestowing um, some sort of favor on a nation that they've merited from Him. Yeah, it, we don't get that information. It's just no. Venezuela has a bunch of oil on the ground. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. <sighs> so I think 
I, you know, I think what you guys are saying is we speak anytime we try to talk about this, we're, we're doing a whole thing where we're talking about this, but we always got to make sure that we speak cautiously on those things and with, with the humility and there you go. I see I'm doing all your stuff today. I'm speaking <laughs> kind of like making some I'm brash wondering. statements yeah, exactly. and also giving the word of caution. Yes, exactly. um, so, but I, I really do think like, um, today playing the role of Ryan <laughs> will be drew. <laughs> <laughs> what actually the reason we're the reason we're doing this is because I got a text from a former student from our college ministry living in Houston. Um, he and his wife, Josh and Jess, sending a thing and saying, "Is this? Would you mind answering this?" And I don't think actually Josh is wrestling with this so much, sure. but he knows people who are oh, yeah. living in sure, Houston definitely. who watch their homes go underwater. Yeah. And so that is like we're not just talking about kind of like an interesting philosophical argument or the like we're talking about people's lives and we're talking about actual suffering and so that's aside from the fact that we really don't know we we got to be really be be careful about the way we talk about these things that we don't just directly say well it was this or it was this or this is why we i think we need to be very cautious when we when we talk through those you know so let me you know as we close and here's a here's a here's a final question so how do we pray for situations like this and i'm not talking about you know we should pray for their comfort or we should pray for the church to rise up i mean i think those are simple prayers i'll give you a specific um i had someone when irma was kind of they didn't know where it was going to land right and they just, they said to me, I, I think we need to gather together the church in prayer and ask for it to go somewhere else. And I thought it was kind of interesting that we were asking it because it was already slamming through the Caribbean, right? Yeah. And so before it hits America, we really need to pray that it goes somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of interesting. And I don't, I don't want to read even any, any wrong intent, but... I thought it was fascinating that they weren't like, we can't let it hit the Dominican or we don't want it to hit. You were talking about news reports of people that were just so grateful that the eye passed two two cities over from them. Yes, it was the mayor of Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. Said, man, I'm just so grateful the eye did not hit us. And, and it obliterates someone down it, the yeah, road. <laughs> literally, it's like 20 miles down the road, it hit them. Yeah. And so, you know, how, how do we literally pray? And, and honestly, I want to ask a question, like, um, I've been asked to make some prayers that I've said, I don't think I want to ask that prayer because it doesn't make sense. Someone asked one time, let's pray for our school children that no one gets sick this year. And I, I, I believe God can do anything. And I'm going, do I pray? Do I pray that God just stops the hurricane right now? Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, or should we just pray that like no earthquakes ever happen again? Should we pray that no tornadoes ever go anywhere? Let me just let's just take care of all the tornadoes with a prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we do that? Why don't we just pray that cancer disappear? Because we don't think don't exist. wildfires don't exist. Like, no car accidents, mm-hmm. or that every car accident nobody like. Why don't we pray those prayers? Mm-hmm. Man, that's such a good question. Because it, it like I, I really <laughs> do think that we can pray. I think we can pray in the individual. I, I really do think we had the ability to pray for God to. Um, stop or halt calamity. Like I, I think we can pray in those things, but I also have to step back and recognize, like in general, Jesus. Jesus told us that th- there's going to be earthquakes from like here on to the end. Yes, yeah. there's going to be. You know what I mean? And so to say, so then should we pray that so, that not be? Yeah, to pray yeah. that there Since never Jesus be. Jesus says it's going to be. <laughs> yes. should you pray, Jesus? I want what you said will always be to not be that way yeah. anymore. Yeah. Should I pray that or not, Drew? Yeah, no. I don't think we well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm, yes, not, even, I'm yes. not even going. Hi, I got you. I'm going. Yeah. I don't know the answer to this question. Yeah. I, again, I I still think there's some level. You know, I I come back to this sometimes. But Isaiah going to Hezekiah and saying, "This yeah. is what will be." Yeah. 
you will die. God thus says the Lord, get your house in order because you're going to die. And Hezekiah in that moment doesn't go, well, if God says that that's going to happen, I, sh- I shouldn't pray for that's it good. to not happen. He prays for it to not happen, and God hears his prayer and answers it. Um, and and so he said, and so that's where I go. I think it's okay to pray for those, but like we we, I think there's also needs to be. I, I kind of think of like a, a humble boldness, <laughs> a boldness yeah, to yeah. to come to God and ask Him for things as we would ask a father, and also a humility to go. But whatever you end up doing, I trust. I trust not just your sovereignty, but your goodness. And I trust that you're going to be, that you're going to do the right thing in this and, and those things. So, so we did, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I really do. And I was watching Maria and it looks like it's not going to hit the East coast. I, I remember thinking, wow, but it, it, there's no power in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Hmm. So does God love Florida more than Puerto Rico? Well, okay. That doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. We might have a plan for Puerto Rico different than Florida. Okay. I'm, that might be. Yeah. And I don't know the answer. Yeah. And that's humbling and it's challenging. I mean, and then we can go maybe go back to the maybe maybe one of the reasons why these things can't be answered with the certainty we desire. You talked about a bold humility, which mm-hmm. really isn't mental certainty as much as it is like just an understanding of the difference between God and you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and or God and me, God and us. Uh, and I think that's why it's critical that we we do it's it's to silence us, I don't think is God's purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not I don't think it's uh I don't want you to talk about this anymore to me. Mm-hmm. I, I think that God's the only one I really enjoy talking to about these things, yep. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and hopefully he can begin to reveal like those greater truths that we've talked about at the beginning of this podcast mm. about his love. Um, don't question my love for you. Don't question my eternal plan. Don't question my redemptive plan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, I got a, I got an idea I want to kind of close with, but any, any other things that you want to add, Ryan or the other Ryan? No, good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, Drew, you were commenting on the the redemptive element that we can't see, and I, I've been so deeply grateful for the writing of Thomas Sewell, which I talk about all the time now. <laughs> oh my goodness! So he is oh, in his book Intellectuals in Society. He he's um, I'm in his chapter right now on war, and what's what's very fascinating is is that he he says with a, a certain like just I know what I'm saying, and I just I want us to have a conversation that no one dare have which is that after everything is done, there is from the debris of the most difficult circumstances, better things that happen societally. I thought you were going to go Phoenix rising from the ash. No, no, no. (laughs) But he, he, honestly, but he describes, he says, you know, like a lot of the benefits that Europe is enjoying now is because of a lot of the catastrophes that have happened before. Sure. And nobody wants to talk about that. Hmm. And you almost have to be this incredibly intelligent born in the South, raised in Harlem, you know, kind of a, kind of a, a man to at age of 87, who's also working at the Hoover Institute at Stanford, unbelievably educated to almost be able to say some of these things, but he was going, let me tell you about some of the incredible benefits that a lot of this people in this country are living from, which never justify what happened. He's, I'm not trying to do that, but you cannot deny that we don't know another way to get to where we are except through that. Sure. And he's not even trying to give like a theological answer to it. And I thought about that. And then I want to close with this. So every time I drive through Joplin and I go there a lot, man, the new area looks nice. That school's pretty impressive. That's a nice school. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I could undo it, especially, especially for those families that lost 161, 66 or something like that, 
I mean, that, I mean every one of those lives mattered to God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to go, how, how do we get there? You know, we should have a tour. I mean, it's, it's yeah. never that. But then to somehow fail to recognize, and, I, and, and again, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not trying to answer this just kind of disconnected. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, I mean, God does have plans and purposes where there is redemption and there is renewal. Mm-hmm. And to deny that, and then therefore to always live in the ash, yeah. to always live in the pain. I don't believe in Phoenix rising, but I do believe in God redeeming. Yep. And I think we need to remember that as well. So the next time you're driving through more, pray for those families that have lost someone or Joplin, or pray for those families in Houston whose lives will never be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just realize like the 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 hurricanes that happened and the tornadoes that took place and the earthquake right now that's happening or that just happened recently in Mexico, um, that God isn't done. He doesn't end with Irma and he doesn't end with Harvey. Yep. No, there's another day. And God's plan ultimately is one of redemption and we will live eternity in a place that doesn't have these. We need to remember that. Yep. So those are some thoughts. Um, man, I hope we have not dared to speak beyond the revelation that God has given. If we have, may he alone forgive us. Where we've spoken accurately, I pray it's comforting to you. Don't forget to pray specifically for those uh, individuals that are deeply affected. Don't, don't, uh, don't stop praying for the church to rise up and make differences. Um, let's pray that the church will rise up in places like Mexico City and uh, in Puerto Rico. Um, and let's remember that probably a year or two from now, we're going to probably have this exact same podcast again. Um, that's sobering. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's a wrap.